Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I'm here today with Sherman. Sherman, hello. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you. I'm excited to be here. How are you doing? Everything's going great. Yay! Yes, everything's going well with me too. So it's 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 weeks off to a good start. So I can't complain. But Sherman, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, what you do, and even how you kind of came into this CrossFit industry. Yeah, definitely. So, like you said, my name is Sherman Merricks. I own a CrossFit gym in Gainesville, Florida. Go Gators! Uh, I've had my gym for about eight years. Uh, we started off in our garage, my wife and I, years ago. Um, you know, that was when you could start in your garage. I think that time is sort of passed now. It's a little harder now. But we had two young kids. We actually just had a baby. And we started off in our garage, like I said, and we just basically built it up from there. And then I'm also currently a business mentor for Two Brain Business. So, um, you know, I'm at that point in entrepreneurship now where I have the opportunity and the privilege to help other entrepreneurs, you know, sort of level up and get to that next level, which is always exciting and fun. Yeah, no, and it's different than what you've been doing for the past eight years. It allows you to just kind of maybe take what you've learned the past eight years and now share it with other people for sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so I guess, Sherman, how did your story start? You know, how did you decide, hey, let's, you know, start this gym in our garage and then how'd you decide oh hey let's take this gym into an actual building and and build a business for eight years gotcha yeah so the way that happened i played college basketball right that sort of starts it also i grew up playing sports played college basketball and of course like most athletes uh back in you know back eight nine years ago we were doing crossfit really just because we were looking for that competitive outlet right so I had ran a marathon and I, I got involved in running after college because, hey, like I was done playing basketball. What else do you do? I need something to sort of compete in and run, running was sort of easy step for me. So I ran some, ran a marathon and I was just like, I don't like this. You know, I was going to the regular gym. I was like, this is boring. Like I got to figure out something. And then what happened one day, one of my buddies invited me over to his house. He was like, hey, we should work out. I'm just like, all right nothing else to do let's go over so i go over and work out i don't even know what it's called you know he has you know he has like a bench press and he has some dumbbells some kettlebells a couple barbells he's like hey we're gonna do this workout called lumberjack 20 i'll never forget that and he was like uh well you're gonna have to scale the weights and i'm just like what do you mean scale the weight like what does that even mean he was like well i'm gonna use a heavier weight than you and i'm like no you're not he was like yeah just trust me like you know like this workout can be a little difficult so at first I tried to do the, you know, the 225 and the two-poo kettlebell swing. And, of course, I couldn't even pick up a two-poo kettlebell back then. I was like, okay, yeah, let's just scale it. <laughs> so we do the workout. We do the workout together. And it was great. Even though I had to scale it, um, it was great. And, but it was hard. It basically put me on my butt. And I remember thinking, like, okay, I can see myself doing this. But I didn't think much of it. And I went home, and he invited me back a couple more times. And then one day we did a workout, 
And after the workout, he took me inside the house. You know, this is back when main site was really big time, right? That's where you got all your CrossFit information from, from main site. And I, and I can't remember the workout we did, but I'm pretty sure that um, it was some of the big time ladies at the time. I'm pretty sure it was Miranda Oldroyd, some of those ladies. And <laughs> the workout we did that day, those ladies were using more weight than me and they were doing the workouts faster than me. And I was just like, no, this can't be right. Like, I need to get good at this. And that's sort of what got me involved in it. Honestly, from that day when I remember, I remember seeing those ladies doing, I was like, I have to get better at this. And that's what sort of started my journey into doing CrossFit. Fast forward a year or two down the road, my buddy, he was like, hey, you, you know, you can start a CrossFit gym. I'm just like, CrossFit gym? I was like, I don't know anything about running a business. I, I don't know anything about a gym. He's like, well, you can start it small. Like, okay. Then we, you know, did some research and that type of thing. And I was like, well, maybe the best thing to do is just start it in my garage. So that's what we did. Start off in our garage. And of course, back then it's all friends and family and people that you know. Uh, but because I remember, <laughs> I remember vividly, uh, you know, people calling because they would, you know, get on CrossFit.com. They would find us. And then, they, and then they would call and they were trying to find us to come in for a free intro because we used to do that. Um, and they would say, I think I'm lost. I'm in a neighborhood. And I'm just like, no, you're not. Keep coming back. Fourth house on the right. <laughs> and, um, of course, that turned some people away. But some people, it really didn't. I mean, back then it was just this private sort of fight club type atmosphere. So it was really cool. And um, I loved it. And, you know, that's really how I got involved in it, honestly. Hmm. Sherman, that's cool. That's a, that's a fun story. I, I always love hearing the stories of how different affiliates got involved. A lot of them are the kind of same where it's like, try this workout, kicked me in the face. And I was like, mm, got to do better at this. So I just, I love hearing those stories. I do. And, but I'm curious, like how, how did, how did your gym grow? How, how did you make it into, you know, something more than just a garage gym? And like you said, you're like, I don't know how to run a business. How did you, I mean, obviously you figured it out and now you're, a business coach. So what, what kind of evolution happened there with growth of your business and learning how to do this and do it well? Yeah, well, I did have some very close friends that were successful entrepreneurs, right? So I was hanging around those guys. And like they say, you know, the people that you hang around are the people that you're going to come, uh, that you're going to become. And so these guys, they were, you know, they were telling me, hey, it's going to be okay when times got hard, right? They say it's going to be okay. And I love and respect them. So I'm like, okay, if they say it's going to be okay, right? Obviously, they've gone through this as well. So I just continue to fight through. But I think for me, one of the biggest things was, like I said, I had two young kids, a wife at home that wasn't working. So failure really wasn't an option, right? Heather, like, there was no one I could call and say, hey, we need groceries, right? Like, that was, so I had to get out and talk to people. And I don't know how many um, affiliate owners have actually cold called, but I have, right? But I but I love sales. So that means you know, that's sort of a natural thing for me. But like I've cold called and knocked on people's doors in my neighborhood and all of that stuff. Uh, but I think that's the beauty of it. And the thing that really made me always want to continually get better because I just knew that, hey, I have to make this successful or either I'm going to have to go back and get a regular job. And I didn't want to do that, right? So I didn't want to be in the office. So basically, just knowing that, hey, this is your, you know, this sort of your option. If you're going to keep this going, you better make sure it's successful. And I've had a business coach pretty much since I was in my garage, right? Because uh, I always knew that I needed help. 
again, my buddies that had successful, they were telling me, hey, find someone in your industry at the time that could help you. So I just basically started there, just getting help, uh, doing what these guys told me so that I could get to that next level. So for me, it's been a slow progression, right? Like in your garage. And then we decided we were going to move to a new space. We didn't decide. We got kicked out of our garage. So I had to move to a new space, which was good, right? Sort of pushed me out. Uh, we got into the new space, and then we outgrew that space, and then we moved to where we currently are now in a 5,000-square-foot uh, facility. And, again, our growth is uh, slow and organic, and, you know, we really focus on the people that are looking to, you know, have fun, lose weight, feel better. We're really not a competitive gym. I know, you know, some gyms are, some gyms aren't. But for us, it's always been that type of atmosphere where we want to come in, we want to make sure that we get them in phenomenal shape, raise their confidence, uh, improve their body composition, you know, just have them feeling good. And then they go home, right? At our gym, we're really not looking for the people that want to compete and work out for four or five hours a day. There's nothing wrong with that. I went to regionals a few years ago, so I understand what it takes. But that's just not the type of clientele that we really uh, cater to. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I really like what you said about the business coach. And just I, I think that's unusual for an affiliate owner to have a business coach from the get-go. Um, I think a lot of times when I talk to people, you know, it's been – a few years and they're like, Oh shoot, I should probably get a mentor who's, who knows some stuff and can help me. So I'm maybe kind of curious, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned over the years from your, your business mentor mentors, um, that maybe you could, you know, share that, that have helped your business and maybe even help those who are listening in their own businesses. Yeah. So a couple big ones, one is sort of like you're talking about, you need to find a mentor or someone that you pay to help you, right? Because when you don't have skin in the game, as they say, like it really doesn't matter, right? Like you could have you could have Warren Buffett giving you financial advice, but if you're not paying him, right? Like it's like it's not as important because it's not costing you anything. But if you're paying Warren Buffett a hundred thousand dollars a month, you better believe you're gonna take what he says very, very seriously, right? Because you're paying him and you know he's very good. So the first one is find you a mentor, right? There's there's a few different um, options out there. Obviously, I'm biased, but we know what the best one is, two-brain business. Uh, so, But also, after you find a mentor, you have to take action, right? You have to take action because you can read, listen to podcasts, search the affiliate owners group and all that stuff. But if you're not taking smart action, it doesn't matter because you're not moving forward. So taking action is really, really key. And if I had to pick one more, I would say you have to get good at sales and really helping people, right? Um, as you know now, you know, the big thing that people talk about is marketing, right? Like we're all talking about marketing, marketing, which is I love marketing. Um, but the issue that we're running into now is that no one really knows how to sell and you're selling from day one, whether you're doing paid marketing or just organic marketing. So when people come in, if you can't help them make that decision to get to the right point where they need to be, they're going to be in your gym successfully long-term, like it's not going to do anyone really well. So that would be the third one that I would say, find you a mentor, take action, get good at sales and, you can really help a lot of people run a fairly successful business if you can um, 
do those three things. Yeah. Yeah, a couple couple questions off of what you just said. So one, you, you said take action, but you said take smart action. And I think that's probably an important distinction because we can often take action and it's like oh, not yeah. really beneficial. So how, how do you go about deciding, you know, what is smart? You know, what is smart action? What How can you evaluate what's smart and just what's kind of dumb? Yeah, so here's the thing. Again, I say the reason I say take smart smart action. Like I said, I've never really been at a point where I didn't have a mentor or someone I can bounce these ideas off. Uh, because when you're sort of quote unquote in it, like you're blinded, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. But when you have a mentor or a coach or you know, they really help you see stuff because they're removed, right? So I remember in the beginning, you know, when I mean even now when someone says something to me and they're not emotionally or financially attached to it, it's easier for them to look at it from the outside in. They're just like, hey, I, you know, like this would be, but me, when, when I'm in it, you know, if there's a low revenue month, I mean, my heart's beating fast. I'm freaking out. I, can, I really can't think properly, but if I can step back and ask someone, okay, like, what should I do? You know, like what, you know, what has worked in the past? So for me, I think you have to have people around you that have sort of been there, um, and that can look at your business from the outside looking in. And I think that's why it sort of comes back to the whole mentor thing. You have to have someone that is invested in seeing you become successful. Because I don't think you can do it by yourself. I just don't, right? Like, I mean, you can, but I think you you make a ton of mistakes that you could miss out on by having someone sort of walking beside you the entire time. Yeah. No, no, that, make, that makes sense. That does. And then... Also, you had brought up uh, get good at sales, and um, this is this is a selling game. And I think the word sales in the CrossFit industry is becoming less dirty. I think it was for a while. People were like, "Oh, I don't want to sell. I don't want to be a salesperson." You know, you you picture that car salesman who's like greasy hair back, and it's like, "Ooh," but um, it's different. It is different than that. And so, I guess when it comes to getting good at sales, do you have resources, tips, advice? Is it just doing the legwork? Is it just trying? I mean, you like it. I, so what, what is it about it that um, you've really learned and grown in and gotten better at? Yeah. I, so now this is a great question because you probably have to cut me off from this one because I could talk about this all day. So That's um, fine. Our, 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 our listeners need to know how to sell in order to be successful. So now here's the thing. I think that I'm going to say everyone, there's no one out there that, that don't like, like everyone likes sales, right? Everyone likes sales. There's not one person that don't like sales. It's for when it comes to something that they're that they're passionate about, right? So if a let's just use the affiliate owner because that's what we're talking about now, the micro gym owner, they're passionate about their business, right? Like they are. So they enjoy the sales process. They enjoy sitting down talking to people about, hey, how we can help you. This is what it's going to look like. Uh, this is what we can do for you. The problem arises when it comes time to close, right? So everyone likes the, the sales process. No one likes to close. And I shouldn't say no one likes to close. No one is properly trained on closing. So is it? So it is a super uncomfortable situation, right? So what happens when you're sitting in that um, intro session, you're talking to them, you know, you guys are best friends, you're high-fiving, high-fiving. They're like, oh, I love this place, man. You're amazing. How do I get signed up? And then when you say, well, it's going to cost you $250 a month. And then they say, let me think about it. Well, now, you know, now it's awkward because now you don't know what to say because you haven't been trained properly. 
and you're just like, oh, well, uh, okay, well, okay, I'll get back with you. And any affiliate owner will tell you, any small business owner for, I mean, anyway, any salesperson will tell you when they say they need to think about it, the odds of them coming back and doing business with you have just, has dropped dramatically. So I think the biggest thing that has to be done is that you have to basically get sales training, right? You have to get practice on what you're doing, right? So if you're going to be doing intros with people, you need to practice on some of your coaches or your wife or your kids. It doesn't matter, but you need to be sort of getting in the reps so you can get more comfortable, right? Um, I think too often we we think that, hey, we're just going to show up. Like I think those days are gone, right? I've been in the in the micro gym industry long enough where in the beginning when people came in, like it was easy. It was just like, Hey, I've heard about this. I want to try it, but Hey, this is what it takes. They're like, all right, I want to get started. Easy. Now with the uptick in marketing that's going on in our community, because our, you know, um, our micro gym community is absolutely crushing the marketing game. Now we're starting to get up there with, I, I, I want to say what, before two, three years ago, tops, when you ask someone, hey, what kind of marketing are you doing? They're like, my members, you know? Hopefully no one listening is still solely relying on that. Um, but that is a huge piece of it, right? Your members should be sending you people. But now, you know, if you're not doing any type of marketing, you know, there's people that are spending money on Facebook ads and Google ads and all that stuff, you know, we won't get into that. But when people come in off of paid marketing, like, they're different now, right? They haven't really search you out and come in. Now you've searched them out and maybe this person was at work on Facebook when they should have been working. And now they're like, oh, I'm going to go check this place out. They're coming in with no intent of signing up. Now you're telling them, okay, yes, we can help you. You know, going through the sales process, they're all smiling and happy again, high fives. But then you say, hey, it's going to cost you $700 per month to get what you want. You have to be good at sales to basically let them see the benefits of doing what you're recommending, right? And if you're not good at sales, you're never going to get your business to where you really want it, right? Yeah. So, so you t- you've talked about closing and closing people and being good at closing. Can you maybe give an example of what that looks like? Like you're sitting down with a member, high five, and you say mm, two hundred fifty dollars, and they're like, ooh. So, what what maybe? Just one example, would you say, like, how can a affiliate owner proceed in that situation? What's maybe an example or something that you've worked through or seen benefit in the closing of that sale? Yeah, so we could go down a million trails, but let me try to think of one that will. Um, I know, I, so I'm sure there's good. a lot of different things, a lot of different scenarios, but just kind of like, just just pick one or something that you see yeah. often. Okay, so let's, let's deal, since we're talking about the price, let's deal with the price, you know, a price objection, right? That's what we'll call it. So someone's coming in, right? Everything's going phenomenal. It's going smooth. Um, they They're love like, you, yeah, right? This is awesome. I can't wait. Exactly. Exactly. This person's definitely going to sign up. Then you're like, okay, well, we want to get you started. And uh, it's going to be $250 a month. Now, when they say, hey, that's just too expensive, most owners, or most, I shouldn't say most owners, most people doing the what we call it in two brains, a no sweat intro or a free intro, whatever you want to call it. When they hear that, it's like, it's basically just a kiss of death, right? Because you can't tell the person 
yes, you can't afford it. I know you're lying. I saw you pull up in a $70,000 vehicle, right? <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, but I always try to tell people, don't judge a book by its cover because if you do, you're always going to be messed up because there are people that will pull up in $80,000 vehicles that won't pay 100 bucks, and there's people that pull up in $5,000 vehicles and they'll pay you $1,500 a month, right? So try not to do that. But when they come in, for us, if someone told us that, we would talk about, well, how important is it to you? Uh, also, we would say something along the lines, well, how much too expensive is it, right? So for us, we always, what we like to call present from the top down, right? We're going we're gonna to offer them our most premium service first because that's what we can pretty much guarantee results with, right? So if you, you, know, if you present your premium service first, if they sign up for that, you can pretty much guarantee results. They're never going to leave. They're going to be extremely happy. Win-win for everyone. It's when you start getting down to your, um, you know, to your sort of mid-tier, your low-tier offerings, which in my opinion are just the group CrossFit classes, right? Because, and that's where people get into trouble, right? Um, that's where some people fall off with accountability because no one really checking in on them. And that's all fine. But when you get that price objection, you should have already the first price objection should be at your most premium offering, right? It, it, it should not be at your lowest tier offering because you don't have anywhere to go if you start, start at the lowest tier. You have nowhere to go. It's just like, okay, it's $200 a month. That's too expensive. All right, I guess I'll see you later then, right? Um, so my advice would be start at your premium offerings, sort of work your way down, um, and try to find out how much, like, like I like to say, I like I always like to joke, how much too expensive is it, right? If you're telling someone something, and, okay, well, Heather, how much too expensive is it? Is it $100 too expensive, $30 too expensive? Like, what is it? Because we have various options that can basically help you get to where you want to be, and I want to be see you be successful, right? So that's a quick little tip that I can give out, um, hopefully, to help someone. Yeah, no, and I mean, even me just listening to that, I, I can see how that would be very helpful. Um, and talking about that top down, starting with that premium price, and then like, okay, chipping away at like their objections because you have other stuff underneath that you can offer. I think that's, I think that's wonderful, Sherman. Hopefully, our listeners will apply that. <laughs> so yeah, no, that makes sense. So, oh, interesting. Um, so with with business then and and going well, how? How did you end up from business owner into the mentoring consulting role um, at Two Brain? Like, how did that kind of evolve, and and how has that maybe even been beneficial for you and your business as a whole? Yeah, definitely. So, I've been with Two Brain for about about five years or so now. It's been a while. I was with um, I was with Chris Cooper uh, before Two Brain was around, right? So. Uh, for me, in the beginning, there was no, again, there was no two brain, was nothing, just us following Chris. He was the mentor, and we were just learning as much as we can from him. And then when he decided to, do, to uh, venture off and do his two brain thing, it was sort of like a natural progression for me once I saw that he was going to be hiring other guys to, other guys and girls to help gym owners. And I threw my name in the hat eventually um, so that I could help others. So that's how it, that's sort of how it went to me. It was just sort of, my business going, working, okay, what's, you know, what's next, right? That's how a lot of us entrepreneurs, that's how we think, right? Like we we do something, it's going well, we get it to a certain level, okay, what's next, right? And that's sort of where I got to. It was sort of like what's next 
and it was a sort of seamless, rather no-brainer for me to get into the mentoring with uh, Two Brain. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because I feel like this is a trend in the industry with affiliate owners. It's like, like you said, they reach a point where it's like, okay, what's next? I, I can't tell you how many people I know that have either gone into a consulting while still owning their gym or have sold their gym and are now in consulting and doing just other stuff, but within the same industry. It's just, it's just really interesting. I'm just like, wow, this is fascinating. So I guess too, like being a, a consultant while also owning your business, like what does that look like in that balance between the two? Like <laughs> I see you, you're like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> but like, how, how did you even figure that out? Because you're not alone and, and you're right. Like as entrepreneurs, uh, affiliates are typically always looking for something else or, or growing or want to expand or do another business or another role. How do you find that balance? Because I, I feel like a lot of our listeners are also trying to find that balance. Yes. Yeah, so that is, so that's the million dollar question, right? Uh, everyone sort of thinks, well, there's a lot of business owners in general that, hey, they have their business, but they're tied to it, right? They can't do, like, they got to be there from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I remember those days, but we have, uh, but we have various levels that we strive for um, in Two Brain. Um, you know, we sort of name some things, founder, former, tinker, thief, and those are different levels, right? So the founders are the basic, farmers next, tinkers phase, where I currently am, and then thief. So, like, I don't have to really coach um, many classes at my gym or anything like that. So I have that freedom and that autonomy to work on various things. But if I was still in charge of coaching every class, uh, in charge of member management, I had to do all the free intros, I had to clean the gym every night, I mean, there would be no time. So... You can't level up and do other things until you, you get your primary business sort of running by itself. And again, that is the piece that everyone strives for, where right? they can pay you and you don't have to be there 24 seven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Did that just take time and, and hard work yeah. to come about? Yes, yes. There, yeah, there's no magic trick for that. It is, it is time, hard work having people around you that are much smarter, uh, again, taking excellent advice and, you know, putting it into action. So what's maybe um, something, whether it's a program or a profit center or something that helped you get to the point where you can hire these people to do this stuff that you were doing? I mean, is there, I don't know, something that you all do really well that you're like, this is, I think, why our business grew and allowed me to step away and like hire people and, and create careers for people. I don't know if there's maybe something you could highlight or a program or a professor you could talk about to be like, you know, this, this helped along the way. Yeah. So I'll talk about a few, uh, like our main offerings, right? And when you say private center, um, for us, like I said, group training is sort of our low, like it's our lowest tier offering. Um, so for us, it's group training for sure. Nutrition coaching, and personal training, right? Those are the three that we really hone in on. That's what we focus on. So people coming in, they're doing personal training, group training, or nutrition coaching, right? And we try to be balanced across those. In an ideal world, if you could have, you know, 33% across all three of those to make up all your revenue, that would be great, right? Because if you take out one profit center, like you call it, the business isn't ruined, right? You think about most micro gyms if you take out group training like it is a sad day right like like it is bad 
So for us, offering, again, having that premium service coupled with uh, that premium service of one-on-one training plus nutrition and group training. Everyone already knows us for group training, so we don't even have to sell that, right? That's what everyone comes to us for. So for us, we don't post, we really don't post pictures about or advertise about group training and all that. We're talking about personal training and nutrition because if we get them in, they already know that CrossFit is sort of known for the group model. So that's easy. CrossFit headquarters has done a phenomenal job at that. So people sort of know that. But the personal training and the nutrition coaching is where many people in the community don't know that we offer our, you know, that CrossFit gyms offer one-on-one training and nutrition coaching. So that's why I would say personal training, nutrition coaching on top of your group packages are super important to, uh, to your success. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I I mean, I, I guess I would ask because something I hear a lot from affiliates is, you know, yeah, they have group training and they, they know that personal training, nutrition coaching would be beneficial, but they just have members who don't seem like they would pay for those additional things or for that more expensive training, which is personal training. So I guess, what's your mindset on that? I mean, does it come down to being able to sell and being able to close those things? Uh, yeah. that's, what, that's what I was going to say. So that's going to, so it's going to loop us back around, which again, like I said, I'm biased, but I think that's, that, that loops us back around to being able to quote unquote sale. Right. And like you said, sales, it's not a bad word, but you can't help anyone if you can't let them see what they need to do. Right. Because one is like it is not about facility access, right? Like when we talk about why people are coming to CrossFit gyms, it's not about facility access because if they just want access to a premium gym, they would go to LA Fitness or Anytime Fitness because those most of those gyms are much nicer than the average CrossFit gym, right? So if they just want to access, hey, you can go there for ten dollars a month. Um, and then as far as the one-on-one training goes, again, I just think we as a community need a better job at promoting that. But then nutrition coaching, again, it is not about knowledge because they can go on Google and get all the knowledge they want. But um, if you can give them accountability coupled with knowledge and all of that stuff, then they're going to be uber successful. But I know a lot of gyms, they don't even really get into um, nutrition coaching because they don't know really where to start. So um, for us, we use, um, I think you guys have had Nicole on here. Um, yeah, and Nicola Coin, right? She, she blogs for Box Pro. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, so you like, all you listening that know Nicole, and you're not using her, I'm telling you, you're leaving money on the table because there are people that want it, right? Again, there's people that want this stuff, but again, sort of like you're talking about, it comes down to us projecting onto these people coming in, right? We think, well, we wouldn't pay for it, so no one else is going to pay for it. Well, that couldn't be farther from the truth because I don't think, you know, I've owned a gym for a while. Like, I don't think I would pay $1,300 a month with fitness, but I have people in my gym that do that, right? They're happy. I'm happy. So it's a win-win situation for everyone involved, right? But again, some of these people that do those more premium offerings, if you don't offer it to them, like they may, you may get them into your group and then they're going to end up leaving and saying, well, you know, I wanted a little more personalized attention. They're going to say, I hired me a personal trainer. After I finish with him, I'll come back. And you know they're not coming back because that's just how it works. So you can't project what you think into the situation. You have to do remove the price 
and make the absolute best recommendation for the client every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess too, Sherman, I'll ask you this because this is something else that I hear is like, but but Sherman, I'm in a demographic where you know people just won't pay those kind of things. They just won't do it. So I all I do is just offer group classes. I mean, what what would you say to affiliates who 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 say that where they're like, just in a demographic where you know people don't people won't pay that. Yeah, those are just excuses. I'm sorry. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Well, I guess I do want to step on some people's toes, right? That's just like that's just an excuse, right? That's just an excuse. When you're when you're priced appropriately, um, again, everyone like there are people that want uh, Toyotas, right? There are people that want Toyotas. There are also people that want Mercedes, right? So you have to find the people that want what you're offering because again, we can't play the numbers game, right? Like we can't compete with the big box gyms. We can't. So your prices need to be um, laid out appropriately to where you can make a living and all of that stuff with about 150 members, right? Um, you don't, you know, you get into that game of, I need three or 400 members, man, that, that is a tough game to play. Like that is a tough game to play. Yeah. So it's just an excuse yeah. and they don't know how to say it. So it's a bad combination. No, I love it. I love that you step on people's toes. Like that that's good. I think I think I think our listeners need to hear that. I think some affiliates out there need to hear that that it is just an excuse and they can take control of that. And in some ways, I feel like it's just a victim mentality a little bit to be like, "Oh, it's just how it is." It's like, "No, like take control of it and do something different." So, I don't I think yeah. if you're stepping on toes, it's okay. Um I'm in Gainesville, Florida. I'm in a college town, right? College town, University of Florida. Guess what? I have no discounts, none, no student discounts. University of Florida is probably two miles away from me. So we just like we don't play that game, right? Like we're not, like we're not involved. Hey, we don't have any discount. Everyone getting the same phenomenal service. If you want to come here, come. We'll take care of you. If you don't, I understand every other gym in town. I shouldn't say I'm just throwing out every other gym in town will give you a discount for being a student, but we don't do that, right? And and for me. The reason that we moved away from that years ago, I remember um, one situation sort of rubbed me the wrong way. I had two younger kids, right? They're both about the same age. One student, one was a student at the university. The other one was not, was trying to do his own thing, you know, decided to go to trying to do some entrepreneurship stuff. But the way I had it set up, it was like, hey, this kid that decided to go to college, he gets a discount. The other kid that's the exact same age decided to do his own entrepreneurship thing, he doesn't get a discount. I'm like, no, this isn't right. Like, so I just like, no one gets a discount anymore. No one for anything. Couples, uh, I don't care. No one gets a discount. Everyone pays the exact same price. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it makes, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. So, Oh man, Sherman, you have a wealth of knowledge. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you do. So I guess kind of wrapping up, uh, what, this is going to be a hard question, but if you had to tell affiliate owners one thing today, just one thing, what would you tell them and what uh, action would you encourage them to take? Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Wow. That hit me with the one question. What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them that it is okay to run a profitable business. Like it is okay. Um, I think a lot of 
affiliate owners need to understand, hey, like, it's okay to run a profitable gym so that you can take care of your family, right? Um, having two jobs and being stressed out all the time, it's fine if you, if you want to work two jobs, but you shouldn't have to, right? I mean, I was just talking to someone today, like really think about it, us in the micro gym community, if someone treated us the same way that we treated ourselves for the most part, like we wouldn't allow it, right? Like if if you went to a to a job, Heather, you with Box Pro, if Box Pro didn't pay you for a month, you probably would stop working for them, right? Like you're like, hey, I need to get paid. But we do that constantly in the micro gym community, right? Just like, well, like it's gonna get better sooner. Like, okay, like I gotta keep pushing. And you do have to push through some tough times, but your goal should be to run a profitable business. So, you know, my advice would be get onto that path right now. Again, it's not all about the money, but it's about the money because if you can't pay yourself and you have to go out of business, all those people that you have in the gym, they're going to be displaced, going to be a bad situation. So you should run a profitable gym so that you can, in turn, help more people. So I just want to give everyone permission to become profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Sherman, that's great advice. Seriously, that's I think that is solid advice. So you did good. Well done. I know that's a tough question because it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you did great. So Sherman, hey, thank you so much for being on the show today for just letting me pick your brain about sales and all that. And for our listeners out there, guys, you just learned so much. You heard so much. I mean, obviously this guy knows his stuff. And, and if anything else, take what he said about closing today and, and try it out. I mean, implement some sort of tier structure in terms of payment and work your way down in that, or, um, just give yourself permission to be a profitable business. That'd be really nice. Um, but yeah, but Sherman, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was great having you and I really appreciate you. you Yeah. I really appreciate you talking to us. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And that wraps it up for this episode of box talk. If you liked what you heard or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.